Taking Ship, a guided cruise through dumbest timeline America. I'm Ellie Jacobs, and with me as always is Frank Spring, a man who, if elected, has vowed to make Batman work harder. I, indeed, I do. That uh, I will stand by that pledge. We're just not getting the mileage out of this guy that, frankly, I think we could be. Uh, and and if, if elected for whatever office is relevant to this, uh, that Batman is going to finally work up a sweat. Uh, as always, we would like to thank our listeners uh, to their comments uh, for their comments, uh, both positive and negative. Uh, and we, we appreciate your uh, your various peons to our greatness. We certainly appreciate your uh, your strangely focused hate missives. Uh, on which I have to say the style and uh, and diction is improving week by week. Uh, so please keep those up. Uh, I urge we very you. Much, we very much appreciate the capitalization and punctuation that people have now started to adopt. It makes yes, it easier to you're, follow. You're exa- that's, that's exactly right. They, these are, this is some of the most cogent hatred we've ever received, and, and believe me, that's saying a lot. Uh, and we, uh, I, we, I, all, all humanity urges you to subscribe and rate us on iTunes if you have not subscribed on iTunes. And if you do not rate us, please rate us. Please follow us at, uh, t- on Twitter at, at taking ship. And that's ship with a P as in plenty potentiary. Yes. So, uh, let's, let's dive into one of our favorite subjects, which is of course, uh, parades. Sure. I like parades. Everyone loves parades. I'm not uh, a big parade fan. You're not a big parade fan? Genuinely not a big parade fan. Really? I was wrong. Not everyone loves yeah. parades. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a particularly out uh, of your focus group of one other person, you got it wrong. <laughs> half of the half of the people based on this podcast, half of people hate parades. Fully 50% of the population of this earth. If we take this uh, take but taking ship as a representative sample, fully 50% of the population of Earth hates parades, can't stand them, wishes they would go away. Go and get a job. You lousy paraders. Anyway, so the worst parade, potentially the worst parade since the fucking marching season in 2011 in Ulster is about to happen, uh, or is at least threatened in Washington, D.C. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, uh, President Goodbrain uh, best words to, uh, uh, to, coin, to use the phrase uh, coined by uh, our by friend of the pod, friend of our hearts, Graham. Uh, you know who you are. That's an excellent phrase. Uh, President Goodbrain best words has called for a military parade uh, in the na- presumably in the nation's capital, uh, to parade our our strength for an audience of at least him. Yeah, uh, this story was leaked out to the Washington Post, and the fact that the Defense Department uh, leaked this out is a pretty clear indication of what they think of this idea. Um, besides the uh, probably on low estimate hundreds of millions of dollars that this will essentially waste, uh, it, it is. Although there have been military parades in this country in the past, most recently in 1991, following uh, Desert, um, well, that 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 was Desert Storm, Desert Flush, Desert. It was one of the desert things. <laughs> desert Flush, which incidentally is also the secret winningest hand at Texas Hold'em poker. Indeed, <laughs> if you've got a Desert Flush, boy, you are sitting pretty on that one. I will not tell you what constitutes it. It's a secret that only those who have ever been dealt one know. Indeed. Um, it, it's not something that, that is generally done in America. And with this president, it is being done for one reason and one reason only to stroke his very, very fragile ego. Um, at the same time, uh, because everything with him has to do with his base, the uh, more or less 18 to 20% of the population that he just continuously is massaging and 
uh, kissing up to. These are the folks that appreciate when he says that there were good people on both sides after uh, after Nazis have paraded through Charlottesville. So, uh, you know, Trump's already kind of been in charge of at least one parade. They were saluting him more than anyone else. The reality is, is that that's what this is about. This isn't about demonstrating military might or showing off our military hardware because I can be damn sure we're not going to be, you know, parading F-22s and B-2s down the down Pennsylvania Avenue. And, and yeah, we're going to do a series of concussive flybys. Yeah. With all of our, like, most... Okay, there they go. Well, that's the world's yeah. shortest parade. <laughs> the, you know, they're, they're already talking to NASA about pulling down the, one of the spy satellites so that they can roll that right past the White House. The thing just clunks down in the middle of the parade. <laughs> just imagine. Just out of the sky. Crash. Oh, shit. Crater everywhere. It takes out Debris. Gorka. Mm-hmm. Gorka cannot be felled by a satellite Though some of you have tried But Gorka cannot be struck down from above or below Something like that Gorka! Something like that And that is, that is now how the voice I will hear every time I read his name Oh yeah, it's important that you do I, cre- Credit here to uh, uh, James Adomian is not the only person to have Identified the uncanny likeness between uh, Sebastian Gorka and Moonraker uh, but but he is but he is the one who sort of popularized that and and check out his check out some of his his work uh, in in the field of Sebastian Gorka impersonation he is truly the leader yeah so uh, you know this being just about Trump's ego and stroking his base and there is some percentage of his base uh, and this will kind of lead us into our next topic really there's a percentage of his base and a percentage of the Republican Party in general who feels that um, America is weak in the world uh, they view Barack Obama and his so-called uh, quote unquote apology tour. Um, as demonstrating American weakness and that America has been weak since the days of Ronald Reagan. Uh, because after Reagan, we had um, you know, George W. Bush, H.W. Bush, who, although a Navy pilot and a director of the CIA, was seen as a weenie, and then Bill Clinton, who was seen as a draft dodger, and then even George, even George W. Bush being you know, the uh, daring uh, uh, army pilot and um, recantor of wearer of military wear. Um, you know, if there was somebody who probably would have worn one of those tactical daddy backpacks back when his children were born, I would bet it would be him. That's a strong call. Yeah. So uh, um, there is some percentage of the country that will very much like this, and Donald Trump would be on TV for days on end, and it, he would feel very good about himself. He he will feel that he has finally bested Macron after the uh, uh, handshake that, that we all recall was the, turned into a wrestling match. Um, but this is a bad idea. It, it, it represents everything that uh, America does not represent. Uh, it, rep- it also is just uh, the, mili- the, the commander-in-chief is the commander-in-chief, but the military shouldn't do things just to stroke an ego. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's dumber than hell, and it's going to make us all look like assholes. Right. Um, something else that makes us all at least feel like assholes a lot of the time is uh, in today's world, uh, apparently there is no truth anymore. Yes, this uh, is a new development and a terrifying one, but one that I think we have to come to accept. Right. So, uh, you know, just a few of the statistics that we'll toss at you very, very quickly. Uh, Edelman, which is a large international PR firm every year, they released uh, something called the Trust Barometer, uh, which is a very useful sort of, well, barometer of uh, um, 
trust throughout the world. And, and, and it does a very good job of representing that. And this year they found that that was maybe the dumbest two sentences I've ever said in my life. <laughs> the Edelman truth barometer is a very useful barometer of trust. Yeah. That's fair. But tell me more. Yeah. Who put it together, Ellie? Yeah. Who is behind this beautiful barometer of trust? I'd, I'd say I should edit that out to save myself some shame, but I don't care. Uh, just lean into it. Yeah. Uh, so over 60% of people worldwide said they can't distinguish between false reporting and objective journalism, and nearly 70% worry that fake news is being used as a political weapon. That pretty much tracks with, with, with what we're saying. And, and another poll that came out recently, uh, this one really struck me. Um, in a survey conducted over this past weekend, three in 10 voters say they think the contents of the memo, this being the Nunes memo, or as we refer to it, as a good friend of mine, Dick Kyle called it, a failed high school term paper, drafted by the staff of House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes are, quote, mostly true. 22% the contents are mostly false. Nearly half or 48% don't think, don't know, or have an, no opinion. I would venture to say they also don't think. Um, that's astounding that 48% of the population has no opinion. Um, and when we, when we talk about that there is no truth anymore, it's that there is a media environment that we're all, all too aware of, led by Fox News and, and, and quite frankly, Infowars at this point, um, that parades one idea and then the rest of the world lives in a reality. Uh, look no further than Scott Pruitt, the uh, head of the EPA who was a lying son of a bitch when he was attorney general of Oklahoma. Uh, and now he's, you know, he goes out and claims that the uh, uh, Amer uh, humanity has uh, been most successful when it's been warm. And that's why global warming is a good thing. Yeah. This is, this is the incidentally, the new approach. I mean, uh, this, it's one of my favorite sort of uh, changes of messaging tack I've seen for a while, because for a while, for, for a stretch, there was a period when, Someone in that position, the head of the EPA for a uh, what might charitably be described as a bit of a fringe Republican president, might have been expected to deny the existence of climate change whatsoever, which I think Pruitt also might simultaneously do sometimes. It's a, but it's a sort of sw switch of messaging tack, which is uh, this phenomena isn't really occurring or if it is, it isn't man-made. But, but if it is, right, this is the new thing that, that Republicans have – that climate-denying Republicans have appended to – their climate change talking points because the data is very clear more that more and more Americans actually believe in climate change, which is an encouraging uh, phenomenon. We can now begin to move on to discussing the reality of things like, uh, you know, like, like the existence of the law of gravity, perhaps the phenomenon of gravity, perhaps. Um, or that the earth is flat, who that one guy is planning on proving that it is in fact flat. That, what was he a postal worker that built his own rocket? Yeah. Except his rocket, except he couldn't get his rocket to work. Uh, which would thereby, thereby denying us, I mean, potentially a, a, a quite uh, illuminating, if very brief, uh, experiment. And also, how how in flying a rocket across the face of the Earth are you going to prove that it's flat? Yeah, I wish we had like a slide whistle for when you said his rocket didn't work. Yeah, that would have been or like a sad trombone. Yeah. Anyway, right. So this is. I mean, I guess the point of it this year is uh, there. In spite of in spite of the ambiguity and confusion that appears to strike a number of uh, of uh, of folks about the truth of things like the contents of Devin Noon's memo, uh, there are a substantial number of Americans. The, the the trend line for at least believing in the phenomenon of climate change is growing, which is very encouraging. And so you see people like Pruitt. Who are now appending to? Who are now appending there? Well, this may not happen, but if it is happening, it is a good thing, which is one of the boldest takes I have seen this age. 
Yeah. And this goes back to this idea that there is no truth anymore. Uh, you know, you, it, a few years ago, uh, people would say that there was no truth anymore because people would look at, for instance, the Iran deal and look at the same data and same information and reach very two, di- two very different conclusions. It is po- that made sense to actually be able to reach different conclusions because you were coming at it from different perspectives or with different, uh, different outs- external knowledge. But now that there is this, uh, the right-wing media has hunkered down to a degree to protect Donald Trump in a way that I've never seen before. Um, I wouldn't say they did that with Mitt Romney or John McCain or George Bush. Um, there was some of the some of the push, some of the defense and promotion of the invasion of Iraq is similar. Sure, but I would say that liberal outlets were almost as guilty. Um, That's a good point. So, if they've hunkered down around Donald Trump, it means that they uh, he can do no wrong, and anything he says must be right, or we have to manipulate it so that it sounds like it is right. Uh, for instance. I keep going back to this quote from Raul Labrador I heard the other week. I think I mentioned this last week or the week before. Uh, you can listen to what the president said or listen to what the White House said he said. And there you have it. Yeah. And, sure, as, and as we all know, we, we hunker down into our own little environments and only follow certain people on Twitter or Facebook and only read certain pieces of information so that that, that uh, back our pre-existing notions and, and beliefs. So uh, we are living in a post-truth environment and no one has come up with a good solution to fix it and... God bless us all. Yes, there we go. That's that's pretty much it. And and unfortunately, we are our our uh, our faith in truth is undermined by a reality that is not particularly related to uh, to current events. But I feel like we just we have we have to discuss it. It's the elephant in the room. It's been hanging out too long. And this is the sad and sorry truth that uh, we are confronted with, which is that science is bunk and all scientists are high. And and I don't I take no pleasure in bringing this news to you, listeners. Um, but that is that is my hot take, uh, and and I think it is it is at this point inarguable. And I and I bring this up because there's been a flurry of uh, of, of, of tales coming of scientific endeavor that uh, that I think I think really demonstrate that actually this whole science thing is a is something that need, is a uh, is a fad that I think is probably blowing over, and that anyone who is practicing it professionally is uh, is a drug addled charlatan. And this is very disappointing to me because I was a very poor science student in, in school. And I yes. feel like if we could have been in a position where si- we, everyone was agreeing that science was bunk, then my GPA would have been significantly higher. This is exactly right. Think of all the time that we've, think of all the time we've wasted on the, on the concept of science that could have been, that could have been spent on, uh, you know, on, on other things such as, you know, inventing our own truths. Uh, and I, I bring this up because I, you know, we talk the fact that most Republicans who have graduated or not most, but some significant percentage of Republicans who have graduated Harvard in the last 30 years are sociopaths. Yeah, there's look, th- this is these are these this is the kind of study that we need to be investing in the social uh, sciences, not really the social sciences. The, the, yeah, I mean, the, the humanities, but only in the extent that they allow us to strip the human to strip the humanity of our fellow people. Um, <laughs> what we do not need is this is the hard sciences that have lately been spending time. Well, like we talked about last week, teaching whales to imitate human speech, which, again, makes me wonder whose side they're on. Uh, there was a series. There were a, a number of. Uh, of academics, of physicists, I believe, who uh, recently uh, published a theory that rather than the idea of the universe cooling, to that the idea of the expanding universe will eventually uh, stop expanding and will then contract and shrink, that it will either cool or heat up, depending on who you look at, and that's going to be the end of the universe, that in fact what will happen is that time will slow down and then stop. That's right, you heard me right. Uh, the idea is not that the expanding universe is going to stop expanding and contract, but that as it begins, but that as its expansion slows, 
time itself will slow and then time itself will stop. And I have to congratulate these scientists for getting as high as I think anyone has ever been. Congratulations to you all. Uh, but this is also related to uh, some other sort of theorizing about what about what the uh, the natural world outside the natural universe outside of our universe might be like. So, for example, you might remember that in 2012, a uh, you know a series of uh, I can't remember what exactly vocate what branch of science they came from. I think there were cosmologists and possibly evolutionary biologists came to the theory that. Uh, if we were to encounter intelligent life in the, uh, you know, in the, in, you know, in the outer reaches of the galaxy, that a very likely form it might take would be uh, giant super intelligent reptiles. So somewhere out there, by prevailing theory is, are uh, are are really super smart dinosaurs. So that's that's an awesome thing to say to someone. Um, and and in all of this stuff leads me to believe uh, that science is bunk. Uh, that scientists are high uh, and that we need to get off of the science fad as soon as possible before it kills us all. I think that's very solid. Uh, I think that that is good advice for our listeners, for this nation and for the world, uh, and potentially for the very smart reptiles that we may encounter at some time, some point in the future. Yes. I'll bet you, I'll bet you they haven't been taken in by the science malarkey. Yeah. I saw contact. <laughs> I saw parts of contact. I'm prepared to comment on this thing. <laughs> Someone on an airplane next to me was watching Arrival. I know from aliens. <laughs> if Independence Day isn't fact, I don't know. I don't want to know what is. That's exactly right. No problem with aliens. It can't be solved by punching them to death. And then uploading a virus into their central into their computers, which suggests that they're running on that the, the, the aliens that invaded us in Independence Day were running on, like, iOS? Right. I mean, if anybody's had to, like, work with a computer, somebody who's using just Microsoft Office or Microsoft uh, uh, um, Windows and you're working on a Mac, like, that's difficult enough. But to upload a SOT to, in a language you don't understand, like, I guess we consider, like, mathematics is a universal language, and since it's all ones and zeros, maybe it worked that way. And yet, somehow, it seemed like a MacGuffin flaw, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And this and this is the thing, right? Like, but this, but that, and therefore proves its own truth because again, it's it is not it is and it is not scientific, and therefore more likely than uh, any theory based on what we now know to be the corrupt and discredited concept of science. Right. I mean, going back to Batman, it's like you know, it seems like he could have had a much better life if they had a better lock at Arkham Asylum. Yeah, like, I mean, this is seemed like a flaw in in, in the storyline. Batman is beset by desperate professional incompetence. Batman yeah. is ne- Batman is necessary because of desperate professional incompetence. Like honestly like a good solid uh, a good solid uh, judicial system reform measure would have prevented would have made Batman unnecessary and Bruce Wayne just would have been a super weird dude. Right. So you've heard it here first folks uh, take to the streets become vigilantes. That's the only way to fix the judicial system. Stop believing in science. Stay to the streets and become vigilantes. Parade to your little heart's content and there is no truth. You're welcome. Uh, Mm. With that, we're actually going to take this episode and do it a a little short. Uh, After we've passed our one-year anniversary on um, our our cruise of Dumbest Timeline America, uh, we're retooling the the podcast a little bit. We're going to try our best to have a lot more guests more frequently. Uh, and on the weeks where we don't have guests, you'll hear less of us. Uh, we're going to try to increase the quality and lower the quantity of our yammering. Yes, the people have spoken, and what they want is less of us. Yes. <laughs> That's, our interpreta- or- That's our interpretation. We've interpreted it to mean they want better us for less time. 
Yes, that sounds. That also sounds like a thing that might be the case. But uh, we'd like to thank you. We'd like to thank you. Thank, thank Frank for joining me as always. Thank you for joining and listening to us. Please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Uh, we're now up on everything possible where you can get your podcasts. Uh, we're still trying to crack the the Spotify nut apparently, but if we get more ratings on iTunes, somehow that will help us crack crack Spotify. So please rate us on iTunes. Um, follow us on Twitter at, at taking ship and that's ship with a P as in portmanteau. Uh, you can follow Frank at, at Frank spring and me at, at Ellie Jacobs. Uh, so with that, Frank, where are we headed this week? This will come as no surprise to any of our listeners. I'm sure that everyone, uh, is as concerned as I am about reports, recent reports of mutant crayfish cloning themselves and expanding through waterways all over and expanding their reach through waterways all over Europe. Uh, this is a real thing. Uh, this is not something that has been made up. This is, of course, this crayfish, the crayfish in question is, of course, the marble crayfish. Uh, never heard of it. Uh, don't worry, it didn't exist until 25 years ago when a mutation in a single female crayfish resulted in an entirely new species that can reproduce itself by cloning. Uh, this appalling creature is now taking over ecosystems in Europe and expanding to other continents. Uh, and uh, listen, the waterways are coming for us, people. It's it's happening. This is everything that we feared. Uh, it's it, it is yet another front of the wo- of the ocean and the broader waterways war on humanity. And also, I have to say, this aggression by exclusively female crayfish is an example of the campaign of aquatic and amphibious misandry that threatens to overwhelm. Oh, oh, oh dear. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've soiled myself. Uh, friends, we take ship for the crayfish-filled waters of the continent. Take care, everybody.